All right. Well, hello and welcome to the Horror Hour. It's a place where we discuss, debate, and disagree on all things horror. I'm one of the co-hosts here, Yutaka, and today I'm joined with Liam. Hello. And George. Hi. And today we are joined with the um, Curse of Aurora director, producer, and writer, Mehran Torgoli. I should have asked how to pronounce that last name. And well, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> and actor, writer, producer, Lana Barron. Hello. Um, so first off, we're but we're all we're both. We're all excited to have you all here. Um, so Thanks thank for you for joining. Us. Yeah, excited to be here. Um, one of the first questions with the film, just because of it being found footage, being a spooky flick. Did in did you all encounter any type of paranormal stuff while filming this? Because the film creeped me out, and I was like, "Oh, the sounds, the noises." I wanted to know how much was, you know, real, or maybe just you happened to pick up. <laughs> well, um, you know, there were a couple of things. I let me start by saying I'm basically a doubter in general of of anything like this. <laughs> I, I have fun with the whole thing, but that's not to say unexplained things didn't happen. Uh, there was one time when I was in bed. We all were staying in the house um, that that most of the film takes place in. Um, the the I was staying just across from the pink room in, that's featured in the film. And there was one morning when we were off, and there were two two doors that faced each other. And I'm like my bed faced one of the doors. And one morning I heard the door just on the other side creep open. And Minna, our producer, was actually staying in that room. And I heard her walk down the stairs. But I don't think it was as many stairs. Like, it was maybe like five stairs I heard. But there's at least 15 stairs going down. And then I was like, okay, I guess Minna's up early. And then maybe five minutes or at some point after that, a couple of minutes after that, then my door just creaked open. And I could see that the door across the way was still closed. And I was like, that's interesting. I heard her open <laughs> her door, but not close it. And then her door opens and she walks out and says, and sees me and says, didn't you just walk down the stairs? I said, no, I didn't walk down the stairs. I thought you walked down the stairs. <laughs> got all the goosebumps. That, that's the close I got. Lana has some good ones herself. Um, well, the, so that house has actually been in my family, like, like, just like my character in the film. It's been in my family for a long time, which is why we wanted to shoot there. Um, and I have my aunts, my mom has eight brothers and sisters and, and a few of her sisters refused to sleep in one of the rooms up there. It's actually the room where, uh, Kevin's character picks to be hit with, with the, the groovy boo lamp. Oh, that's the um, room I was in. That's the haunted they were, room. That's the room you were sleeping in. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> they, uh, they refused to sleep in that room. And they say that multiple times they have felt something pulling the covers from by their feet at night when they sleep. So they like, they. my family has this whole thing about this house being haunted. Like the um, the basement, the rosary that hangs down there actually has been hanging down there for God knows how long. And it, it's, it's one of those like, why? Oh, because obviously haunted. Like, like there's only one reason you hang a rosary. Um, but one of the cool things that happened on set was we uh, we made, um, I, I guess, sort of an animatronic crosses for spinning on the wall. Mm -hmm. We have a friend who's an engineer and using a really cool beefed up remote control and ser <coughs> servos, sorry about my dog, servos <coughs> that he put inside the cross. We could like remote control operate <coughs> the spinning cross. Hold on, Ringo. Anyway, it, so it was very cool. And one night at 4 a.m., um, 
I'm sleeping downstairs because I had a real injured knee and I couldn't really get up the stairs. So I'm sleeping downstairs and I hear this like rubbing really fast against the wall. And one of the animatronic crosses was on the wall right outside my room. And it's four in the morning and I'm like, okay, someone on my crew is fucking with me. That's awesome. (laughs) I appreciate that. I get up with my cane and I like hobble out. And it actually wasn't a cross. It was, we had, we had put those servos in the back of a photo, an old photo of my, my grandfather and his father. So my great grandfather, that thing was spinning like crazy by itself at 4am. And I'm like, Oh, why? Oh my God. Like, this is not cool. And I, and I go to where the remote is and he had our friend who built it. He had a hard shell case zipped up. This thing was put away, turned off and in the case. So I'm like unzipping the case to see like, did it switch on? Did we accidentally leave it on before we put it in the case? It's off. There's no lights like on the little device. And I actually feel, I have a, a little video because I, of course, you know, filmmaker, I pulled out my phone and I was like, and I like shoot the wall and I shoot the, the remote and I'm like, and I shoot my hands like, see, I'm not doing it, people. And it, then it just stopped. And so I was like, um, and I don't know why, but I decided to hobble upstairs, even though I could hardly do it, wake up Mehran and tell him that this house is really haunted and that I'm actually really scared. And he was like pretty groggy, but he ended up kind of being like, well, there's an explanation for this. See, because uh, those kinds of remote controls are radio frequency, whatever they can pick up frequencies from other radios and maybe it just started picking up a frequency and going on its own and i was like fuck you man this is real <laughs> this is real i'm just trying to sleep you know that's it i mean i'm a believer <laughs> i i i buy all of it i i believe we that maybe my relatives were like hey maybe don't pull out that bible with your actual great grandmother's hair in it and put it in the film yeah. like maybe they were mad at me I'm, while i was shooting the film. that was all real that's all real. Oh That's- my God. I would have hop. I'd like book me in the next hotel. Get me the hell out of this house. Oh my God. That was so creepy. It's so creepy. Yeah. yeah. That was, it was sort of scripted. It was the, the, the closet tour was scripted, but mm-hmm. uh, Judy is, his name is Jordan who plays Kevin, but he like, he goes by Judy. Um, he found that book and like, he just wanted to roll with it. And so we let him, I didn't say a word. And then, you know, when he opens it up, opens some it of that up. reaction is, is very real. And I'm like, yeah, that's my, and I, I still don't know why they have her hair in a bag <laughs> in a weird Bible box. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Again, I think there's some weird stuff going on at that house. So, yeah. I can't wait to watch this again. Just to rewatch the <laughs> reactions because, oh my <laughs> God, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't recall if we used the first take when he opened it up. We yeah, might we, I, we may not have, but it's still pretty fresh. I mean, that was, it, yeah. like I said, it, it was only partially scripted and not that Bible. Yeah. So it, you know, it was just cool. We had a lot of really fun stuff there to work with that was already really creepy on its yeah. own. So the house kind of was calling for a movie to be made there. Mm-hmm. Oh, good Amazing. times. I love it. <laughs> um. So with regards to this movie, obviously we know um, that the movie's subject matter is based on obviously a real event from history. Um, so what was it that made you tell the story in this way? So when you say tell the story in this way, you're saying connecting to an old story or to like, tell it? Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, that like the way like he's connected it. Yeah. So, so basically Lana, like she said, her family is from that area. And over the years, she's kind of been bugging me to make a movie up there. She's like, we have this house. It'll be great. 
And she just, Lana loves all things horror. And uh, she wanted to make a horror film up there. And I was, I was game with the idea, but um, we didn't really have a subject matter. And at some point, I'm not exactly sure when along the way, Lana starts talking about the legend of the, of the martyr of Aurora, which is not something I knew anything about. Actually, Lana, you could sort of take that from there as to why we. Yeah. Had- sorry. My dogs are, I've, I've made them leave the room, so hopefully they won't be barking at some time <laughs> in the distance. I, I apologize. Um, yeah, so I we I had shown him the location like through pictures and some videos I had taken. Um, like he said, I've always wanted to film something there, and so I was actually looking to see if there was an interesting story locally, um, anyway, that could be made into some some plot for for a movie. Um, and when I found out about Aurora. I just, it was like this big rabbit hole. I just kept on, I, I actually read like the, the court proceeding transcripts, which are in French translated to English. Like it's some crazy stuff that happened in 1920 with this um, this little girl, but it was just such an eerie, sad story. Um, it's been depicted in a couple of other films, one in the 1950s and another one, I think in like 20... Like early 2000s. 10 or something, yeah, made in, made in um, Quebec. So they are French. I think that the more recent one you can actually watch in multiple parts on, YouTube, on YouTube with English subtitles if you're interested. Mm-hmm. And that's like the actual like sad what actually happened in Aurora's It's a very Aurora. dramatic, very melodramatic. Yeah. It's like pretty awful. I mean, the movie's good, but the story is terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. We, so we didn't really want to retell. Her story has been retold there um, <clears throat> many yeah. times. And so we weren't really looking to do that. But I just thought maybe there's something here that um, could inspire a haunting, you know, and we'll make we'll make a story about that. Um, and so I went to the graveyard, which is it's the town next to the town where my family's house is. And I was there with one of my aunts, and we we were in the graveyard, and I saw her grave, and it's still covered with toys. I mean, it's they the people there really do view her as a martyr, and they it's like going to John Lennon's Strawberry Fields Memorial in New York. Like the people are always bringing stuff and. Um, it just it all gave me the feels and and so I was like you know I think that we maybe there's something here and ultimately Mehran and I couldn't really agree on on a story we wanted to tell and it so wasn't Mehran, my think, story to tell was the whole thing like the idea of telling story of Aurora it would be disrespectful for me to tell that story right. but yeah so well. we weren't really we just weren't really sure how we wanted to do it we were never intending on doing found footage actually until Mehran said you know this might be better if we just kind of make it about us and and our trials and tribulations as filmmakers trying to make a movie that they haven't a- agreed upon what they're making yet and right. and all the shit sort of starts happening and and you know tying it in obviously they're being haunted by aurora from the next town over because they're digging you know wouldn't that be an interesting premise mm-hmm. and so the characters are all loosely based on on myself, Maron, and our producer, Kevin, who's been working with us, real, real name is Kevin, for a really long time. We've been, you know, struggling filmmakers together in this yeah. for a while. And so it was actually kind of easy to write some of our, like, our real arguments from life. And, mm-hmm. and then the times when we're, like, chilling and maybe smoking a little weed and, like, well, you know, like, when we're just having fun and, like, going on location scouting adventures. Um, but then inserting, like, what if everything starts to go wrong because we're doing this? Um, so we, and we really wanted to make something that we could sell, like we just really wanted to get a movie out there and do it kind of quickly. And so we just decided, you know what, let's let's go for the found footage medium. It, it wasn't our preference. Um, I didn't want to make a found footage movie, but I thought this was also the right way to tell this story. 
I didn't think it would have been as good if it would. It wouldn't have been. People wouldn't have bought it in the same way. I don't think it would have had the same connection if it wasn't found footage. Well, that's interesting because I'm I'm a huge found footage horror fan. Like it's my favorite genre. Awesome. Um, like I, I'm obsessed with it, and it's my 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 goal one day is to make a found footage film. Um, and we watched this as part as the, of the um, unnamed footage festival. And you've sort of you've sort of answered the question a bit there, but uh, of the state of you know was this always intended to be a found footage? But so what was the exact was was there ever a point at the beginning when you thought we're going to shoot this as a? Oh, for know, me, yeah, as a found footage. Uh, basically, it was. There was this conversation. Lana was actually traveling up to up to Quebec because her mom was up there and had broken her foot and you had to like drive her back. So we're having this long conversation on the phone where we're talking about the frustrations with with getting basically getting distribution and getting films made from before. At the same time, she's pitching ideas to me about shooting up there. It could be a horror film. It's beautiful. And and um, again, like I said, we couldn't agree on the thing. And it was this idea that I just said, let's write ourselves into it. And, and we're basically writing the struggle. And as I, as we thought about it and thought, thought through it, I, I remember for me, I was basically picturing Lana at the airport and I was sort of picturing some of these scenes that I was thinking about ways to shoot it that felt, I mean, it was a movie, which I don't know, you know, if you remember this Lana a movie called like crazy, which was not a found footage movie, but it was shot. They essentially stole a lot of shots where, where what they would do is they would go to like Santa Monica beach and they were shooting on long lenses and they mic'd up people and they were stealing shots in places where they didn't have permission to shoot. And it was sort of roughly chopped together. It's a really good movie with Anton Yelchin. And um, I can't remember the actress's name. The, she's from Rogue One. Oh, Felicity Jones. Um, it's oh. like a love story thing. It's a very oh, yeah, good yeah. movie from about 10 years ago. It won a Sundance award or something, but it's very roughly chopped together and it doesn't, it's not found footage, but it has this, like there's like a layer of reality to it that's there that films have this kind of patina of the beauty of film. And as I was picturing this and wanting to shoot it this way, it just seemed like really the right way to tell this story would be to sort of remove the magic of Hollywood from it and, and make it feel as real as possible. And again, the other limitation that Lana and I have is we're not known faces yet. I mean, it would be her face more on screen. It's obviously a great face, but people don't know it. Um, so <laughs> doing a horror film like that, it, people, people would attach to it more. It, it's actually, to me, it's scarier to watch a found footage film because you're kind of like, maybe that happened. Whereas if it was Jennifer Aniston in the role, you know it didn't happen right away. It's <laughs> an artificial thing, right? Yeah. So, yes. I don't know what you mean. I believe early. everything Jennifer Aniston does. <laughs> yeah so kind of a longer answer but yes yeah it, it's, really, it's sort of really morphed early. into it yeah, yeah it wasn't yeah. initially we didn't say we're going to do a found footage horror movie but when we considered the what the story we wanted to tell and the budget we had or didn't have um <laughs> that it seemed like the most practical way to to get our vision out and hopefully distributed worldwide which mm -hmm. was our goal and we did so we're very happy about that I mean, it was definitely, um, you know, George and I watched a lot of found footage from that festival, which was at times great and at times, ah, but this was definitely one of the highlights. Yeah. I, I really Thank enjoyed you. it. Um, and just hearing now that this house is actually real, wasn't a set, yeah. um, that creeps me out a little, a little more. That basement <laughs> is really the basement. That, that basement was terrifying. <laughs> I, I don't know how you guys went down there. I... Oh. Yeah. 
you haven't met Lana. She's just, you know, is there haunted or something? If it says get out, if it's if it's spooky, like I literally like all of my fear mechanisms just disappear, and I'm like, I will go to there now. I must see it. Like right. I've I've like stuck my head in a bear cave, and yeah. my husband is like, you are going to die a horrible death because you have no sense of fear. But yeah. it's it's like I just love to investigate. I want to see. Like I, I need to know. Uh, with that first walkthrough, um, where, you know, when you had some of the ghosts pop up, did you know that you were going to have that place throughout, which I did love, but um, just kind of adding to the creep factor of just, I mean, the house alone kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies, but just adding that, I was just curious if that was, you know, planned or. Yeah, so the the quick answer, so as you can tell from the movie, um the actors themselves are actually operating the camera about eighty mm-hmm. percent of the time. I'm operating the camera a little bit, but generally that's for handoffs. But it was all like the shots are all very, very designed. Like everything we're doing, we spent a lot of time. We essentially it's almost like every scene in the movie we had roughly like a day to shoot, and each one was like a mini play. So I definitely had the plan to insert things into the background, but there were times when. I mean, there's definitely shots where we place the camera a certain way and I knew I wanted enough negative space so that I could do something with a window or with something in post. But there's other times when the actors might have just walked in and moved the camera over here. And I was like, oh, wait, there's a nice space where I could place a ghost there. So in post, I went through and, and Lana and I talked about it. And we're like, well, this would be a fun place for us to plant something. And I really wanted them to be as like sort of subliminal as possible because there are a lot of people that don't see any of the ghosts at all. And then there are other people that come at us and are like, oh, my God, it's so obvious. Like, there's ghosts everywhere. <laughs> and like, so we, we definitely played with the idea of what's too much, you know, flickering lights so that to draw your attention. Um, all of that yeah. stuff was we spent a lot of time, like putting a lot of stuff together. There, were, there was a lot of practical um, lot. effect yeah. ghosts as well, like we, that we actually staged. And Mayron did some really cool camera tricks to, you know make them appear and that was really fun. We had our, our producer Minna jumped in to, we dressed her as Aurora and you know, ghost Aurora and we had her, you know, in the mirror and she's like ducking in the stairway and then like slowly popping up and you just get this like little bit from behind. And um, you know, those, those kinds of things were really fun because we yeah. all knew what was happening behind us that we were supposed to just pretend as if it wasn't there. And then you like, we would watch the footage at the end of the take and be like, she's there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so what you said about the walkthrough. So what's interesting is so Lana had done a walkthrough for me and Kevin via Zoom when she was up there a few months before we shot anything. And then when we got there, uh, me, Lana and Kevin had gone up there to do then a scouting trip. And we walked through and you, you said that the basement creeped you out. So Lana drags us down to that basement because she's like, we should sort of recreate this seance thing. And what's amazing is her, her aunt is with us who lives actually who lives in the house now. And we had done a little, we did the seance, we set up the candles and I'm behind the camera because we don't, you know, we don't have the actors there at all. And there's actually like, we have some video where it's Lana and the real Kevin are sitting there with a candle going and Lana is like pretending this thing. And then Lana delivers the line. Is there a presence in this house? And unbeknownst to them, I very carefully, and Lana's got her eyes closed. She's totally in the moment. I blow some air towards the candle, which caused it to flicker, which Kevin and Lana don't hear. And Kevin doesn't notice me doing it, but he's looking at the candle and he freaks out for real. 
And you could see his real reaction on camera where he's like, <laughs> he looks right at the camera. Did you see that? So, so Lana didn't see any of this. So afterwards, we'd go upstairs. Oh, Lana, we lost you. So I should unmute myself before yes, I Yes, you talk. I see you're emoting everywhere. <laughs> yeah. the, the seance scene, we, we, re, we adjusted. We rewrote it after. after we did that screen test yeah. because of Kevin's reaction. Because of we Kevin's were like, reaction. Kevin, the character has to react like that on the day yeah. of. And we showed and it so to the action. It's Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, like it wasn't supposed, the candle wasn't supposed to flicker. That was never in the original script. It's just because Mehran had done that and yeah. we thought it was, we all thought it was real. I mean, Kevin and I like come running up from the Right, so we came upstairs, we looked at the video um, that I had just recorded and you and your aunt are watching it. And I think you got up and started running around the room. I told you this place was haunted. Look at this. <laughs> I, did. I, I, was, I was sure it was proof and it was such a thing. And so we were like, okay, once he left, once he Mayron finally revealed himself as a fraud <laughs> that, that fraud. blew on that candle. <laughs> then we, with the three of us, we were like, we were writing this bit into the film. We got one of those, uh, yeah. It was we bought one of those like fire snuffing, yeah, you know, so that so that somebody off screen could actually do that and make the candle flicker when we actually did it for the film. And so there was definitely a lot of stuff that like when we went for our location scouting trip, we ended up writing into the script because we were like, these yeah. are good moments and we should definitely have this. So we didn't do one where Lana just decided to walk into a, a festering cornfield and freak out Kevin and I at one point and just disappeared for, I don't know, 10 minutes. I had you guys really scared though. So <laughs> I, I win. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. It's the worst. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> um, so obviously you've said that the, obviously the house is in your family and obviously that's, so that all part is real. Um, so with the other locations, are they all, do they all have some sort of connection to the actual events like you said yeah some yeah the graveyard is the graveyard um and uh that is aurora's actual grave and her family is buried there that actually is gagnon's father's grave like when we when he goes there he's like oh that's actually the real grave right Mm. um the the exterior and interior church are actually not the same church where uh aurora is where that graveyard is that's actually a, a different church yeah we swapped the, the church in the town where, where my family's house is and the reason for that was the the mayor of saint sophie which is the town where our family's house is he was super awesome when we told him we were shooting and he wanted to help us and this is this is like 500 people in this town right this is really small and so he wanted <laughs> to assist us in any way possible he owns the key to the church. Right, was well, the like, church you guys... is consecrated also. It's it's like a cultural center now. So that made it it's much easier. It's become a cultural center, yeah. Right. So he the was like, why is... don't you guys... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so he was like, why don't you guys film in, in our church and, and you can use the exterior shots and you can say it's that church. No one's going to know, you know, of course, right. it's movie magic. So, so yeah, so the interior is actually a different church. Um, the house that we chose to be the Aurore Gagnon house um is not related that's actually the mayor's brother's house uh he we we actually our location for aurora's house fell through at the last minute and the mayor was like i got more keys to more buildings come on and actually it was really, so much better. It was really oh, awesome he was, yeah. he's actually the one at the very end holding the head of kevin he's yes. a cultist that's the um, mayor of the town 
Oh, I love it. He wanted to be in the film. Yeah, we were like, you could totally be in the film. And then at the end, we're like, do you want to be the one holding the head? He's like, as mayor, yes. Yes, I do. Wants to be the one holding the head. Mayor of Murdertown, you know? Mayor of Murdertown. Yeah. Um, So that was not the the real Gagnon house does exist. We actually drove by it. Um, I, I was told by locals that it's been completely redone on the inside. So it doesn't even look like old at all. So I don't know if it would have worked um, aesthetically, but we also didn't really want to get too involved in the Gagno family. Um, right. It's a sensitive topic and uh, we, we just had to tread lightly while we were there and be as respectful as possible. We really didn't want to shake anything up. This is an important st- part of the local history and everybody that we that we worked with that lived in that area was in, incredibly supportive and and just amazing to work with you know but we but we didn't want to overstep and so we had permission to shoot at aurora's grave in fact the, yeah. the church ladies who like run the aurora gagnon like historic museum which they actually have in the back of their church they were kind enough to even you know rearrange make sure the toys all looked good around her grave and things mm-hmm. like that so we had a lot of support while we were there um by the way yeah i don't think there are any other locations that are like pertinent to the gagnon story yeah i was saying it just occurred to me how weird it is that telesphore gagnon her father who abused aurora is buried in the same cemetery like it never really occurred to me how weird that is it is a little bit but they're they're buried a few hundred feet away from each other yeah blood is blood man oh i yeah it was the olden days it's true. Yeah. did weird things. Right. They had a lot of kids. Very, very Catholic too. Like everyone there is, is Catholic and everyone had lots and lots of babies. Like my mom comes from eight, <laughs> you know, so it's kind of the landscape up there. <laughs> I think it's the landscape everywhere. I think my gran had like nine siblings. <laughs> okay. Wow. Jesus. Who has the time? <laughs> wow. Seriously. I know. I know. <laughs> I love that you say you're grand. Oh. Grand. <laughs> Non-American accents are so much better. I, I hate the way Always. Americans talk. I'm like, I'm just, Sorry. We're so, we're so uncivilized. Like, grandma. Grandma. Like, but grand. Like, it's just lovely. Like, it makes me just, I don't know, see flowers and tea and just. I don't know. Nice. I like to think that the British think of us the same way. They're like, look at how nice it is. He called yeah. his grandfather his pet. We're a bunch of uncivilized cowboys, and you know I, it. I have Nana and Rara, so I, I don't oh, know what y'all you. are talking about. That's yeah, cute. see, Nana's cute. And as a British person, I, I call I call her Nan, so that's not as Nan. civilized. Nan. Yeah. I, no, I like that. It's very <laughs> sweet. Sweet. <laughs> um, I feel like this is this whole um, interview sort of been basically like hyping up your auntie's house, and I'm going to go back to it because. Um, I was obsessed with the house the moment we entered it. I wow. literally said, like, I, I I have a thing about I'm obsessed with like um, real estate anyway, but and especially in movies. And apart from Sydney's isolated house in Scream Three, this house is my second favorite house in a film oh. <laughs> because it's just it's it. I my dream. I live in London, but my dream is to be live somewhere like that that is completely isolated in an old like house that's so old and like so you should I, go and visit the town they could really use the tourism like, I, awesome i wish people would do that honestly yeah, if I, your auntie ever wants to i will pay us for an airbnb to go and stay there. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
<laughs> well, I think you can raise that, Lana. My 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 auntie, as you say, I love that. My auntie, <laughs> she does live there, but my mom actually owns the house. So oh, she oh wait, her FYI, house. her auntie. <laughs> Is the woman that yells at the at the characters in the supermarket? She's the one. Right. That really? She's holding a baguette. Oh, and she yeah. yells. That's, <laughs> yes. that's my auntie. Yes. yes. And her, uh, her name is Louisette Paquet. She's French Canadian. Lulu, we call her. And actually, my uncle played the priest. Um, so we yeah. we kind of went up there, and I was like, "Hey, family, what's up? You're in my movie. Yeah. Like, you don't get it." <laughs> And they had never acted before, but thankfully I come from a very dramatic family. And so they were actually like, it worked. It worked. I was very happy with their performance. I like to say the directing was done well. Well, we'll give you some credit. Sure. He was all right. He was all right. I like to say it was genetics. You know, it didn't have anything to do with the director. Nothing at all. But yeah, I I love that house. (laughs) Yeah. George was like, I want to move there. Wow. If you ever do want to go up there, if you're ever in that region of Canada, let me know. And you could, I'll very least, you can get a tour of it. My shoe would be Absolutely. happy. Absolutely. I'll find my way there. It's not like to, to that part of Canada. It's fine. Don't worry. George, you're going to have to at least let us know when you go so we can keep tabs on you. Oh, uh, you I'll, know. Be, I'll be bringing the Ouija boards. I'll bring in everything. Oh, That's oh good. actually, no, no, no. Because actually, no, it's your family home. So I don't want to be doing that. I'll be like, well, actually, this, this past... This past Halloween, uh, she decorated the front of the house using, we left a bunch of our stuff like in the basement, all the cloaks from the cultists. She, oh, yeah. she made like like little like scarecrows and had them all in the cloaks like with their hands holding in the front of her house. It was freaking <laughs> awesome. I was like, I wish like anyone there knew what, you know, I'm sure the locals knew what she was getting at, but like, that's fun. It was like a celebration of our film for Halloween. I love that. That's that's amazing. I, I love hearing the fact that it was also just so celebrated in that town because again, it, it really was, it was so much fun to watch. And um, I will be the first to say, George knows found footage sometimes isn't my favorite because I think um, it takes a lot to pull it off, not only with the director, but I think in terms of also having the actors um, as it sounds also shoulder the burden of, you know, carrying the cameras and still having to tell a story and, um, I think you guys did that wonderfully. And I'm curious how much of uh, physicality um, you guys had to do when filming this. Well, on top of the fact that Lana was only had one good leg, like it made it even yeah. harder because her yeah. she, it was a real injury she was dealing with. Yeah. Uh, but she didn't operate the camera as much, but she did do that as well. You know, yeah. Lana, you can talk specifically about the physicality of, of carrying the camera as, as I only did a bit of the time. Carry the camera while walking with a cane. Well, yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> Mostly in the old, car, I think you did it. Like yeah. one hand, yeah. We <laughs> we the injury was happened like three days before I left to go to Canada to shoot, and uh, there was like nothing we could do. Like it wasn't broken, but it was torn. And when I was at the ER, they were like, "Well, if you're not going to be around for a month, here's a big old brace. And when you get back, like you're probably going to need surgery." And I was like, "Okay, bye. I gotta go." Like I, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> Um, and we, I mean, like, you know, when you're working oh. on a low budget and you've got everything already scheduled and lined up, it's like, you can't afford to cancel and like lose that money, like, and then go for it again. And actually it ended up being a total blessing in disguise because if we had shot two months later, uh, COVID, COVID. That was, so that's when COVID hit. So we actually oh. like, it was like just, we, it was November right before the surge, like of February or whatever, when it all hit, um, 
So we had to just do a little bit of rewriting of the character, obviously, because now I have a broken, you know, an impaired knee uh, and a cane. Um, we had to change some of the, like, I think there were more times when I was supposed to be driving and they were going to be filming me talking while driving, but I couldn't actually drive because my right leg was busted. So we had to switch that and have uh, Lex uh, Wilson, who's Aaron, him, he had to drive and then I had to be the one operating the camera. So I think, I, I don't know, it, there were just some things like that in terms of like actual, like really physical stuff. Um, I mean, running through snow with a cane sucks, um, but it was really fun. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it was fine. There, there were a bunch of times when like I even fell and like, it was, but you know, when you're, when you're in the moment and you're acting and you're like, it, it all starts to feel real and you're out there at night and it's snowing, like the adrenaline makes it that you don't need, like, I almost didn't even feel it. Like I just kept going, you know, until we got it, you know, and, and that's kind of what you have to do. You've got a set amount of time to get things. So we actually had a special cane that a friend of uh, our mine brought our other producer that has spikes at the bottom. It's meant for winter. Uh, like if you, if you have, if you need a cane and you need to walk around on ice or snow. Um, so it like grips into the ground. And so that was pretty badass. And actually I regret that we didn't make that and we didn't talk about that much because those, those spikes are really badass at the bottom of my cane. Yeah. Um, That's awesome. The, the, in terms of like physicality with cameras and all, like I was saying, like the, the shots were very designed. So in terms of getting the actors to shoot what I needed them to shoot, they really had a hard job because they, they have to act, they have to operate the camera, they have to react to it, they have to hit their marks, and they have to, at, at times, actually frame things very specifically. And there's there's a number of shots where the camera sort of just is haphazardly placed somewhere. Um, it's not. Very often, the camera's actually handed off to me, the actor stands next to me, and then I'm placing it and holding it a certain way. Like, there's the earthquake scene, there's the scene with the cars... And so there's a lot of very specific thing where we were leaving little that we would we would tape things to the bottom of the camera so that it could fall and have a certain angle for things like that. And so it was really a lot for them to keep track of and for me to keep track of. But when Lana said like about adrenaline, the whole climax with with um, with Kevin on the ground, you know, like screaming and writhing around and all that. We shot that basically as one take. I mean, we didn't get it in one take. It's actually spliced together from a number of them, but it was shot all the way through and it's what, lot of nine pages in the script that had to all be happening with coordination with, with townspeople that are not actors. We had our producers outside on walkie-talkies. I'm actually stand, I'm actually in the room just on the other side of the wall with the spinning cross, like watching a monitor, watching all the stuff happening. And I remember after the very first time that they, that they ran through the whole thing, which was like an amazing take, my heart was pumping because I'm watching this and it felt so real. And I'm not only am I hearing them through my monitors, but I'm also hearing the you know, feet stomping around outside. I'm hearing Lana with the blood curdling screams and I'm hearing people chanting outside. It was like so much happening all around this tiny little house. And uh, they, they, it was pretty awesome. Like the, the adrenaline is really a part of how that stuff comes together. Yeah, it was all timed out very specifically like a theatrical per performance, you know, where you had, everybody was timed to do, to walk on their cue, you know, all these people outside that we were wrangling and um, the, the, just before that whole sequence at the end where Aaron and I are looking for Kevin in the house and screaming, we had that earthquake sort of scene mm -hmm. where the cabinets uh, doors fly open mm -hmm. and a, a big door slams and the, uh, the chandelier starts shaking, swinging, lights swinging are flickering. back and forth. We've got lights flickering and all of that stuff was, I mean, we had, um, 
like robotic springs that we that our our special effects guy who's amazing like pop open, put uh, in the cabinet so that they could just like open spring wide open um we had fishing line i think controlling the the, the, yeah, swinging the swing lamp. we had we had people all around us to do other things like slam the door at the same time um oh we had the the, the glass of wine that's a, a fake you know uh movie glass it's sugar movie glass, glass yeah. and it, it has to be yanked it's on a on a fishing line and it gets yanked and then it has to crash into the refrigerator and it's all it all has to be done like perfectly and because again low budge we were we could only afford four of those fake wine glasses yeah they're really and <laughs> so and it was a very long take where again everybody had to be on their mark and and trigger the the various mm -hmm. haunting thing at the right time and so we were like we only have four chances to get this and we actually got it on the third and so we we took that last glass and kind of like a jewish wedding we like put it in a fabric and stepped on it and said yes. like yeah we did it you know they're really expensive you guys yeah <laughs> well, like 50 dollars a piece or something or 40 dollars a piece they're really expensive. yeah and it was for a sugar glass for a sugar glass yeah. sugar glass like i'm just gonna we just need to like get molds and start making them ourselves if we're gonna keep doing this now. just risk a real glass go to well, you're... walmart over yeah, there um, just go exactly. to walmart pay a pound <laughs> that was, i mean i love wish with these real ones yeah. yeah, I just we just didn't really want to like cut anyone for real, you know, mm -hmm. so we had to be careful. And then something about that earthquake scene that like I was really concerned that it would look fake. You know, all of the motion would look fake. I'm like, well, mm -hmm. we could do it in post. We could try to rattle the screen. Ultimately, the cheapest, most practical solutions are the best. Um, the Essentially, what would happen is Lana was operating the camera for that scene. She sets it down like on the autumn in the chase lounge section mm -hmm. of the couch. And I'm there on my knees there to make sure it doesn't fall anywhere. And to get everything to move when the camera was set down at that moment, I'm sort of stabilizing it. And then when the earthquake starts, I just start pounding the cushions next to the camera. And Make it the created camera bounce. a perfect shake that, that felt totally organic and everything else. And it worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's your low budget tip of the day. That's actually really, I, I love hearing about how movies are made. And so this is just like, this is a dream come true. Just talking about this and just, again, um, I love low budget, but I also, I, I think you all really, uh, just by hearing all this, you you all really took care for this film. And it's just, it shows too. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and with both of you, you both wear like many hats. Yeah. Per se, like when it comes to making um, the movies that you have made. Um, how, how was it that you learned how to do all these things like within the same vicinity? kind of thing uh, my background is in is in visual effects i worked in video games for a number of years i'm actually back doing video stuff for video games right now um lana and i met working at video games but um as much as i learned before i officially started making films i think lana and i have kind of learned together a lot of this right i mean you're from the she's from theater and you know i i went to art school as well and i have that visual background but we um we're not afraid to say, okay, how do we do this? Let's sit down and, and argue with each other for three days until we figure out how it's done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've learned by doing, honestly, a lot of it. Um, we, before Curse of Aurora, we worked on a Hollywood production um, that was, you know, a, a much bigger budget with some actual named uh, actors. It was a comedy that we had written and a, a bigger production studio. They loved the idea and they, they decided to co-produce with us and, and fund it and everything else. And it just, 
it ended up just getting big, like, like bigger than we ever imagined in terms mm -hmm. of the production, the scale of the production. And, yeah. uh, it, it still hasn't been released. And part of it is just that I think it just, it got so big and, you know, they've been working on it and editing it and stuff like that. But we, we spent four years working on that film from the development phase to finally, you know, finishing. And both of us also do post-production work. So Mehran yeah. was editing it. Um, I do sound design and I score music as well. So we were doing a lot on the back end and um, we just, we learned so much and we'd been doing it before with our own short films and stuff, but that it was like four years of, of film school being on that mm -hmm. film oh, and wow. really, really getting to know how, how the industry works. And so um, and hopefully that it is actually, it's a mockumentary, it's a comedy. And I, I think it's very funny and it, sh it should be coming out this year. We've been told, I, I hope so. Yeah, I don't have a date exactly, but I keep it in this year. Yeah. yeah. So, but that really, I think was a big learning experience for us. And so when we got off that, we were like, man, that was huge. That was a little too big. Let's, let's do something like just kind of no frills. Like, let's just make mm -hmm. something else and just get it out fast. Like, and I, I hate saying quick and dirty, but in a way that's kind of what the goal was. It's like, let's see what we can put together and then actually, you know, for a low budget and that, and see if we can sell it. And I don't think either of us anticipated though, the, the, the gravity of the found footage community. Um, yeah. people love this, this subgenre. not a lot of people, but the people that do are like diehard found footage fans. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, we've, we've gotten involved with the community, um, you know, curse our curse of Aurora, like marketing is, is very much, um, in tune like with, with the fans, yeah. with the fans and, and, you know, if people tell us how much they love us, a lot of times we'll send stuff. We send death cards to people all the time. We've got <laughs> some, yeah. some death cards here. Oh my God. Oh. And, uh, in fact, we will we will send you guys some for for you. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I will frame um, it and put you. it up in my bat. Oh my god! That's oh. amazing. I love it. Well, let's see. There's three of you. All three of you will get will get a set. So we'll we'll do that. Um, yeah, but like we, it's just been really fun. And I and I was Miron and I were just because we're in development on a couple of other projects that we're really excited about. Probably not found footage, um, but we were. Uh, we were just saying the other day that, you know, if we hadn't gone found footage, we might have gotten lost in the shuffle, right? Because because so many people make horror movies that are not found footage. And a lot of the B-lister ones kind of just, you just, unless you're looking for them, you don't really ever hear about them. But this found footage as a subgenre, there are so few of them that get released um, that they notice. And so it, it just, I'm not saying it elevates us, but it, it sort of separates us a little bit from the, the rest. Um, mm -hmm. And it, it's ended up just being really fun for us. We loved UFF. It was such a great film festival. Yeah, they were um, great. Saw some other really great projects. Got to you know get to know some of the other filmmakers. And yeah, I mean, the world is our oyster. I hope we get to put out some new new content. <laughs> yeah, I really, I always get inspired doing interviews and stuff like this, like to do something else because it's been it's been a while. Lana and I have developed a couple of things. Um, we just haven't we haven't gotten to the point of of actually producing them. Um, COVID yeah. sucked for that. In fact, yeah, I, I really do think if COVID didn't happen, this would have had a bigger theatrical because we released in Canada during COVID and it was the number one movie in Quebec, Quebec and Montreal for like three weeks or something. I mean, That's granted, awesome. it was, something it was like that, tiny, yeah. you know, it was it, but the fact but, that it, that an indie found footage film even had a theatrical release anywhere. And right. it was in, I think at one point we were in like it's like 20 or 30 theaters. different theaters, yeah. which was pretty great. We, we couldn't go up there, unfortunately, because all the borders the were closed with yeah. COVID. But um, yeah, but now that- it would have been awesome to get it out in the States in theaters, because it was so much more fun watching it 
in San Francisco in that theater. Like it was literally, it was like a different movie seeing it in a room, especially like when that very first ghost, when they're in the pink room and the camera moves over and see that I heard 10 people go, and the room got silent. I'm like, yes, Yes. this this is what I wanted. Like I, uh, next year I plan to go. Um, If we were very lucky when um, somebody's like, Hey, we're not, we're not doing PR for this, but we can get you in contact. And I'm like, this is George's bread and butter. I go, absolutely. Give us every screener, whatever we will. We devoted so much to it. And um this one was probably my favorite of the festival. There were, I think, three really strong ones, but I would have loved to have seen this on theater on the big screen. It's I bet that was just yeah. amazing with all like the, I love watching a scary film and everybody else in the audience also gets scared. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. adds to that like adrenaline rush. Um, so you I'm really happy. To see Hereditary in theaters. It was very good in theaters. I, like, I did not, people sadly. Were freaking out in that movie theater. It was so good. Yeah. Such a great <laughs> That's movie. So awesome. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do have a question then. Um, there were actually, even with what we saw in just uh, over the past year, I would love to know if there were any favorite found footage movies that you all have um, that you've seen over the past year or so. The past year, yeah, absolutely. Well, over the past year, I've, I've watched quite a few. Um, I the last exorcism, which yeah. I hadn't seen, yes. and I was really surprised I hadn't seen that. I loved that. Such um, good film. in fact, that was really good. I like that one because they do the docu style, and so it allows for some some music, some scoring, some cool shots, some better quality audio and visual that you know is it just felt a little more cinematic. Um, in fact if we do a Curse of Aurora sequel, which is in development, um, if it happens, it, it's yes. likely going to be in We're that- We're fighting through more, that right now. More docu-style, I think, is is the, the <laughs> yes. direction we'd want to go. Yeah. But um, I also saw, let's see, what this, this, well, I rewatched Blair Witch last Halloween because I hadn't seen it since it came out, which, I won't tell you my age and give that away, but I, I saw was... it in theaters in 96. It's okay. Okay. I, yeah, <laughs> no, no. It's, it's probably, I never, that I still reference as for its time, the marketing, everything. The marketing was amazing. Strong, strong film. Yeah. It, it, it is. And I, I loved it just as much, I think now as, you know, when I first saw it, it's, it actually, like, I didn't sleep for a week. I mean, and, and yep. I think it was, that was kind of the first um, main, that one that went mainstream of its kind. I know there were other found footage films before Blair Witch, but that one just, it, it changed the game and it, and it really elevated the subgenre. And now, I mean, I almost feel like it's so hard to capture that anymore with found footage because once you get over the initial shock of found footage and you're like, oh, it's not real. It just was, it just looks like it's real. Oh, then it's, it's not as scary anymore. So you have to get like, I think a little more creative nowadays, but that movie still holds up. Chronicle is my absolute favorite though, of all found footage. Chronicle's pretty great. Because mm-hmm. It's like a superhero movie and I love superhero mm-hmm. movies. I love, I, first Paranormal Activity is still a really well done. I mean, it's just yeah. like the whole, yes. the whole setup and the premise, like it's so contained and it still is very effective. Yeah, it's, it's great. I just saw that for the first time, like two or no, last year, George had me sit down and watch it. And I was like, yeah, if I saw that in theaters, I would have said, wow, this was impressive. Watching it at home is a little different, but I could tell like 
it would be totally different theatrical and it would be like that was a fun one in the theaters it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I watching it at home is scarier because suddenly it makes really? you afraid of every room in your house like yeah yeah like I, I remember watching that one and like literally looking over my shoulder and being like mm-hmm. uh, I don't like that dark hallway suddenly like it's just it's <laughs> yep. the way they shot it <laughs> even though it's a terrible movie um is it tooth tooth fairy Okay. Um, oh, okay. the one about the, the horror film about the tooth fairy I, know, I dark, still yes. have to turn the hall light on for me to be able to walk <laughs> up the stairs because wow. just in the back of my head I'm like well what, what if what if the what tooth fairy is, yeah, that's right. what if, what if it's a tooth fairy like, yeah. I don't know I, it's all like <laughs> I, I agree with you films at all as much scarier at home I think so yes yes especially if they're well, based especially- at home yeah, well, they right. just sit there and they go, take place in, that... in the house. Yeah, you can and... point to your own room and go. This is what would happen in your own room while yeah. you're watching it. Exactly, yeah. and something you just pointed out there. You're talking about paranormal activity, and, and obviously, it's really exciting to hear that. You know, the um, the product uh, possibly, you know, a sequel to yours is that I something I loved about loved about that franchise, and something that a lot a lot of a lot of found footage films do is and everyone will shoot me down and go it didn't do that but I think it did it built quite a, an amazing law within its own franchise until the last one and the one before that um we'll talk about that um yeah. but what I love and there's only a few I think found footage films that have ever like done made a franchise out of it and I think that really adds to it getting that law within there's just not many you get all the horror sequel you know all these slashes that have hundreds and hundreds of sequels but there's not many found footage films that have a lot of sequels and that's something that I always look forward to and so that's really exciting that there is going to be one and if it needs to be about a British guy who finds out about the curse of order and comes over to to Canada and stays in the house I did go to drama school guys okay so okay here we go oh I love it there we go well yeah. Well, I am. I I would like to build what I call the curse verse and have like two or three. <laughs> the curse verse. Yes. You know. Oh, that would be. Yeah. I I love. I love yes. Ooh, that would be good. Um, I'm a huge fan. I love all horror, whether it be big franchises, one-offs, all that good stuff. So I would love to also know too. Aside from that, what was one of your favorite moments in horror this past year? It could be a movie. It could be a movement. I'm just curious. Horror in the past year. Huh. My favorite moment in horror this past year, honestly, seeing Lamb in theaters. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you guys loved it or hate it. And I know that, you know, is it horror? Isn't it horror? That movie just, it gave me, it just, I don't know. It's like all the feels. Like I just felt like, this sense of dread the whole time watching it. I felt cold. The wind. Have you? Have any of you guys seen Lamb yet? I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not like it, Yusaka? <laughs> I like it. I need to watch it again. Yeah. But I, I love the acting, and it was generally creepy. I just don't know if I got as invested. But it's yeah. beautiful. It I was totally weird and not what I expected. But I had this sense of dread the entire time that kept me like so uncomfortable and then the way that it ended and I was just like ah, 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 ah. like I, I just felt weird for hours like it, it just kind of reached peak 824 in that movie 
I don't know. I yeah. I mean, I I thought it was beautifully done. It just I'm kind of the same way. Like like was is there something there or is there nothing there? And because there's nothing there, we think there's something there. I'm not sure. For me, that my greatest horror moment for the past couple of years was I think episode six of Midnight Mass. Uh, the end of it. Did oh. you guys watch Midnight Mass? Cool. Yes. It was, it, yes. it was an incredible moment. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, whoa, like right at the end of the episode. Oh, is that when she like, burnt the fire? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I was yeah, trying not was to spoil funny. things, but yeah. Yeah. But that moment when they're in the <laughs> rowboats, and I'm like, holy shit, like that was something. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you haven't watched Midnight Mass by now, I'm sorry, guys. That That's on you because that was, yeah. you should have. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was wow. Show. I remember um, watching Lana's like, you got to watch this. And I'm it like, it had a lot right, of similarities so. with Curse of Aurora, where you have this, you know, really religious, you know, town cult. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. there were definitely some. some Actually, about in there that- eight years ago, Lana and I worked on a script that was surprisingly similar to Midnight yeah. Mass in many ways. Like, yeah. in many ways. I mean, ultimately, the, 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 the way what it twists on is very different. But um, yeah, very, mm-hmm. very similar. And it was about a town. No vampires, yeah. but. <laughs> Well, well, that's not entirely true either. They weren't vampires as you think of them, but there was blood drinking. Yes. The thing. Yeah. And I was, you know, yes. but they weren't vampires. And and yeah, it was very similar. We've all got our kinks. <laughs> What's that? I... What's that? <laughs> Same we've all got our kinks. Yeah, right. There you go. I will. I'll, well, I'll go ahead and say, because I, I get some eye rolls when I talk about my favorite moment of um, the past year in horror. And I, and I give this also because one, it was just a batshit and sing crazy movie, but also the fact that James Wan could go to this big studio and be like, you're going to give me the money to make the most outrageous horror film. People are going to love it. People are going to hate it, but you're going to give me the money to do what I want to do. And he put out malignant and I got to, I have not seen that. I it is something else. I, I love it is for it? the wrong reasons, um, but I know why people hate it. Um, okay. I don't hate it. I I just didn't. I didn't. I think I expected it because there was a lot of hype. So I was like, oh, yes. I can't wait to see yeah. this. And then I saw it. And maybe sometimes when movies get overhyped, you, your expectations are too high and mm-hmm. it's stupid. Yes. Well, it I just when they released on HBO, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I did see that. It was I weird. It definitely was weird. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. <clears throat> I I I appreciate all films honestly because i know what goes into making yeah. them you know to some level and it's like i hate criticizing people's work you know it's one of these things where it's like we all put so much into that and even if it kind of sucks in my opinion at the end like you still did a thing and i'm happy for you because i know it was hard you know <laughs> not that malignant was that bad um but <laughs> it's so i i'm used to defending it with a, like uh i'm just but I, I, again, I do, I love all horror. So I agree because I think horror is a genre that gets, well, it doesn't get the respect it deserves. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm happy to see whether it becomes an indie darling or a huge box office hit. I'm just happy it's getting out there because there, you mentioned Hereditary and that is still to this time for me, one of the biggest Oscar snubs Oh my Ever. God, for Tony Collette as well. Holy, holy, shit. Yeah. come on. She's amazing in that movie. Yeah. I, is- I, I thought she had a lock and it's yeah because it's horror. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm very happy when I get to see anything come out. Even if I don't like it, I'm still like, well, you know what? It was still fun. 
Right. There's only, sure. I think, maybe in two films, but I won't name them to where I'm like, I'm okay with that. Mm. I, I need that time back. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I think that we we do. We love horror. I think, um, I guess what I'll end on then, uh, and we'll all go around because sometimes it changes. What is your favorite scary movie? Lana, go ahead. Um, I think it's Midsummer. Ultimately, that's where I'm, what I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I I love The Ring too. When it came out, I was in college and it scared the shit out of me, and I couldn't sleep for days. And I I did, you know, I'd say that's up there. But yeah, Midsummer just like every time I go back to it, I just see more and more of the poetry, and I'm just like, this is so beautiful and artistic. It's it's a it's a really fucked up fairy tale is what yeah. it is. You know? And, and it's, it's how a, a young woman blossoms to becoming a magical princess in a way. Right. But it's a really warped version of that. And I just, I, I love that. And the acting is so good. So that's mine. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it's a tough one. Uh, there's, there's a number of them. I, I probably go back to psycho by Hitchcock mm. because it's such a great noir film that sort of starts as like a heist movie, like she's robbing something and then she just falls on the rabbit hole. And then the movie's not at all about the person you thought it was about whatsoever. It just keeps changing and changing and it's, it's so great. But Hereditary is definitely up there. Mm. And um, there was one other one I was to bring up. Uh, Angel Heart is, is amazingly good with Robert De Niro yes. and Lisa Bonet. It, that's an amazing movie. And it's just so beautifully shot. Um, and really insidiously creepy. Um, Love it. So it's one probably one of those three, I guess. George, I think I know yours, but I'll go ahead. I mean, and let you say it. I wouldn't say that I've got. I'm a big fan of any film in particular. Um, <laughs> but it, <laughs> it may, it may, it may be Scream. Uh, no, it's yeah, awesome. I love Scream. It's yeah, so great. I, I, I'm, I'm obsessed with Scream and Nev Campbell and Sidney Prescott. So that's <laughs> he is. <laughs> I haven't seen the new one. Is it? Is it worth it? Is it? Should I? Oh, it's great! It's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, you saw it too long. Ago. It's a lot of fun. I know. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I'm waiting. I'm actually waiting till Halloween because I missed it. And mm-hmm. I start watching horror movies. My Halloween season starts at the end of August, and I start watching oh, horror movies all the way until Halloween. And That's... so, yeah. And so, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm like saving a bunch of really good ones up, and I, it's like driving me crazy a little bit. Like the, the next of kin, I haven't seen. Anyway, I've already mm-hmm. talked. Someone else. <laughs> Yeah. Liam, what's yours before I say mine? Um, <laughs> it flip flops all the time. Um, I'm going to say at the moment, um, the loved ones, the loved ones, okay. the Australian, Australia. I'm sure, I'm sure it's Australian. The Australian yeah. one about the young girl who, and father who kidnapped the boy for the prom. Oh. Oh yeah, that was twisted. Really twisted and quite graphic. Yeah, loved the bit with the drill. Oh, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, there is. Somebody just recommended this movie to me like a week ago, and I had not heard of it. Like I have it sitting Mm. in a cab, you know, somewhere to watch. Yeah, going on my list for Halloween. A loved one. (laughs) (laughs) I will have to. uh, I love Scream as. as George knows, but my all-time favorite is Alien because it was the first horror film I ever saw. I was six years old. I shouldn't have been watching it. I also saw The Exorcist (laughs) at six and I still to this day cannot watch that film ever again. That's that's me. It's the scariest movie ever. It's just 
What's that? Never mind. Oh. So why did you say that was your favorite one? Because it's not my favorite one. Oh, yeah, oh. no, I could never... I will never. Um, people are like, hey, we're going to watch The Exorcist. I'm like, yeah, no, I'll see you guys later. Nope. I what cannot. On me? Yeah. It was, ooh, I, I remember like when best. I saw it, because like my neighbors were very into um, religion and they used that as a way to be like, you know, they found out I saw it like, you know, if you're bad, that can happen to you. I'm like, traumatized yeah. Yeah. me i was like well i'm not hanging out with you all and don't take me to your church yep, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it's a classic yes well there are different ways to answer this question because yeah the exorcist is one that probably had the most impact on me in terms of i will always bring it up as influence and how just just how it just freaks me out to this day the scariest one for me ever but like, you know, the way it was framed is like, which one makes you feel good? Which is the favorite one? And there mm-hmm. are movies that are scary that are fun. Like Scream is, is one I remember, you know, it's, it's fun slasher. It's definitely a horror movie and it's just awesome. I understand loving it. But The Exorcist is like, yeah, there's something <laughs> wrong with that movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm excited to see where they're going with um, the new three films that they've commissioned. Yeah, so, I heard about this. That will be interesting. But it brings back Ellen Burstyn. I'm a big fan. So, you Great. know, we'll see. But I just, again, I want to say um, thank you for um, coming on our show, talking about your amazing film, Curse of Aurora, which for those listening, watching, it's on demand. It's on Amazon. Is there a physical release yet? Yeah. There is a so DVD copy. Get, yep, you Ooh, can get DVDs on Amazon. I'll be buying um, one later. And then it's free on Prime in most countries. Although if you're UK, unfortunately, you still got to pay. It is not. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but just so you know. But it's worth we were, buying, though. We were yes, it, it is. It is. I bought, I bought it. Oh, oh I watched it. Aw, thank you. Thank we you. actually, we got it on UK Amazon completely independently. That's the only territory we actually have full rights like self-distribution so maybe. that's why it's oh, wow. it costs something because that money literally directly goes to us so that we can maybe try to make another movie because exactly. like when I'm you have a distributor you don't get a, yeah so but um but for everyone else sorry uk it's free on prime free on tubi um yeah. and then you can you can also purchase it on prime um or rent it yep. and you can buy it on itunes i think like worldwide i'm pretty sure yeah i think itunes you can get it anywhere and if yeah. you're in the States, uh, even on, on Amazon, you can get it. It's like next day shipping now. Like it's like you can oh, get if you it. buy the physical you copy. The physical I copy. will be buying a physical yeah. copy later. I, I love collecting all of that stuff. So, and I did really enjoy it. I, I yeah. mean, I'm not going to spend my money if it's, but yeah, no, this was honestly, I really enjoyed the festival and I'm very happy because it's, I feel like I was introduced to new talent, even though you all have been around. I've not, this is my first time. And I was just like, I can't wait to see what you all do next. So. Oh, thank, thank you so much. Well, and I will definitely send you guys all a set of death cards. So send me each of your addresses. We send to UK all the time. So no problem. I, I will be happy to, to give you, deal out some death for you guys. <gasps> oh my gosh. <laughs> That's going to creep me out, but I'm going to love it so much. Awesome. Yeah, it'll go perfectly on my shrine. My housemates already think I love it because I'm born on Halloween, so they already think I'm cursed anyway. So, oh, that's the best. (laughs) They'll add to the fact they already think that I'm some sort of demon. So, (laughs) 
<laughs> You're in good company. Yes, exactly. That's why I love horror. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's never the people watching horror movies that are killing anybody. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. Like, these are all like, the nicest people all the time. They're people that I would trust, you know, to watch my apartment or something. But I love the horror community. You know, it's, it's yeah, awesome. people. I think they get their demons out on the screen. That's and they're right. Fine, yeah. Right. I can trust these people. The horror community is one of the best communities in terms of like, we're very new to this as well, but we've just been accepted really well. Um, and they're just, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's uh, tight knit, but everyone knows someone and it just is about propping up the material. I mean, yes, there are times again, like it may not be the best thing ever, but we're like, Hey, movies need to be made. People's art needs to get put out there and we just want to help support it. And I just, I feel like there's that love. um, People need to support it or it won't happen. That's pretty much how it is. I I, I make this argument to people all the time. I understand you, you know, you love that movie that you ripped off. Okay. (laughs) You want more? Like, cause then it's just not going to happen. It's not even morality. It's just, it's just finance. It's not going to happen if you don't support it. Very true. When people like, oh, I'll just download it. I'm like, don't do that. That's rude. Exactly. Rent it. I think horror might be the the only genre that its fans actually look for low budge and indie films. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know a lot of people who just are obsessed with low budget comedies, although I'm sure they exist. But I think that like horror fans they just want to see it all and and are generally like really supportive of what they see like too they like they like it you know you don't mind a cheap thrill or sometimes some bad special effects like it kind of makes it more fun and mm-hmm. so it's a very yeah. it's i feel like it's a it's a more forgiving genre too um and i just love i love the whole world so yeah Let's go. Let's go find some ghosts, guys. Woo! <laughs> I don't know about you guys. Go find some ghosts. I'll stay back and watch. And if I there have to go. write your obituary, George, I can. I can be Thank prepared. You. Thank <laughs> you, George. I'll awesome. let you finish. A, uh, take us out then. Yeah, I shall do that for you. So yeah, once again, thank you so much, guys, for joining us. We've had the best time. We'll of course um, put all the info about the film and links to you guys as well in the description below. So if you guys are watching and you want to learn more, we'll put it all down below for you so you can check out if you haven't watched it already. And as always, don't forget to please like, share, comment and subscribe because it does really help us continue to do this and to branch out and do more. We love doing interviews with um, cast and creatives of horror and it's like it's really like what our channel has grown for recently. So we want to continue doing that. Um, and of course, as always, if you want to, you can um, get our merch, which is in the link in the description box below as well. And yeah, until the next time, we will see you. Bye, guys. Thanks, guys. Hi. You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.